0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory
0: that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two-for-two two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Welcome to this free episode of Hollinger and Duncan. First of all, it's a great time to subscribe to Dunked On Prime using our mock-off season sale. You can do that at DunkDon.SupportingCast.fm. That's dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. John and Nate are going to talk about veteran extension candidates, but not every veteran extension candidate. That's going to come in other podcasts over the ensuing weeks. So if you want access to all of that ad-free, you can subscribe to Dunked On Prime. And an example of the type of special things we like to do for our Dunked On Prime subscribers, I also put together a spreadsheet of all 99 veteran extension eligible players during the next season. So if you want to get access to that with their projected uh, max salaries, you can subscribe to dunked on prime. And of course that comes with all the usual standard features, six episodes per week, one with Nate and John, all ad free a daily newsletter with my daily dunks, Seth Partnow's uh, statistical analysis a few times a week, lots of great content for dunked on prime subscribers, uh, far more than you'll get in these free episodes. So if you want to subscribe to Dunked On Prime one more time, that's dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. That's dunkedon.supportingcast.fm.
3: All right, John, we've been locked in on the NBA playoffs, but it is time now to turn our attention as executives must this time of year. One of us has been an executive, one of us has played at being an executive, and. <laughs> We're going to talk about veteran extensions, and this is something that wasn't really that big of a deal around this time of year, at least as I was cutting my teeth in this business under the 2011 CBA, and then under the 2017 CBA, in the early years it wasn't, you still had guys getting a free agency a lot, but starting with the 2020 off season, this has been one of the largest things that teams are dealing with when to extend their veteran players.
1: Yeah, it's funny because this was almost a non-issue in my time in Memphis. Um, we ex- we did an extension with Zach Randolph before his player option here. And I'm trying to remember, I think that is the only veteran extension we did in my time there. Now, the, the rules have loosened a lot, as you noted. And so it's made it a much bigger part of... How you manage a team, and it's it's a really interesting part because a lot of times the answers on this are less obvious than a yay or nay decision on an unrestricted free agent.
3: Yeah, that it's a, a great point. Like, then you're kind of all right. If we want to get this guy, we just got to have the best offer, and is that worth it or not? Whereas here, the guy's still on your team. There, uh, it's very fraught with the idea that you have to prove that the guy is worth it to you. He's usually been a good organizational soldier. It's important for your culture to retain guys, particularly guys that you developed. And then of course, so much of the league runs on stars. And so there's a question of how to retain stars as well. Uh, We'll go through a, a couple of mechanics here. This will be under the new CBA, which is not yet entirely official, but we do have the term sheet and the biggest change from the previous CBA is that you may now go to 140% of prior salary to start on a contract. And then for guys who are making less than the estimated average player salary, which as of now, we're not sure about this, but we're going to project that to be in the 13. No, wait, sorry. We're going to project that to be in the... $11.7 million region, but that could certainly change. But as of right now, you need that because it's 140% of the estimated average player salary for these guys who are coming off uh, a minimum. Uh, I've named that in honor of Josh Richardson, who is the first guy to get that extension, but the guys coming off a minimum, usually those are like second round draft picks, undrafted guys, like a Jalen Brunson, for example, sorry, Dallas fans. (laughs) So I'll leave it to you. Dan was nice enough to put this list together and he and especially nice because he actually had to go back and look at system dates. Do you remember that, John? <laughs> to determine when some of these guys would be eligible to be extended. Yeah, which
1: which some of those are confusing because the timelines on our last couple seasons changed too uh, with the pandemic and whatnot. So we right. have guys with system dates of like November 18th. And it's like, what? <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So he's got it in this sheet, the date that some of these guys can be eligible for extensions. And of course what their maximum extension is, we got it sorted out here by team. So I will leave it to you. What team would you say has the most interesting extension decisions to make this off season? New
1: Orleans Pelicans.
3: Hello. Were you not expecting that? No, let's talk about it. What
1: do we got? They have three guys that they have found in the second round or undrafted who have become pretty prominent parts of their team and the, and and what they do who are all eligible for pretty massive pay raises. When you look at Herbert Jones, Jose Alvarado, and Najee Marshall. They also have Brandon Ingram, eligible for an extension although they may hold off a little bit on that for uh another year he's not he's not heading into his walk year yet he still has two years to run on his deal so ingram himself may prefer to do an extension a year from now rather than right now um and then they still have uh, uh valentine is sitting out there at, at 15 million uh who's a potential extension candidate and If they decide to go in a different direction there, there's the question of what they do at the five. Like they have a lot of interesting team building questions coming up right at the point where Zion is shifting from his rookie contract to a max this coming season. So they've they've already painted themselves into a really tight corner by, in my view, unnecessarily extending CJ McCollum for two years and sixty-four million. And that's really put the put the tax in play for them uh each of the next two years, especially. And really in the future, as like as long as Ingram and Williamson are part of the team and McCollum's on this deal. Like McCollum's deal has three years left to run now. And yeah. so like the tax is just gonna be there the whole time. The rules are getting harder for teams operating in the tax. Although if New Orleans goes into the tax, they're probably not going to go in by enough to really get hammered. Right. But it's it's put them in a tight spot where they have to make some hard decisions, I think, on who are the guys that they value going forward and who are the guys that they might be okay losing or trading before their free agent year.
3: So for guys, uh, this is one other thing I should mention too. Ingram, for example, he has two years left on his deal. And so those can extensions may only be signed in the offseason. Once you get into the season, you can't do one of those deals. If you're in the last year of your deal, you can do an extension theoretically all the way up until June 30th. If you'd want to, we even saw a couple of those that happened after the regular season, like Robert Covington, I think was one. Last year for all but designated player veteran extensions, which of course we'll get to, you can go out five years, including the season that you are in. So basically, if you have a year left on your contract, you can go out five years, including that season. So it's basically four new years. If you have two years left. It's three new years, et cetera. If you have three years left, you can even go two new years. If you signed your deal two years before, once you get to the two year anniversary of signing your contract, you are then eligible. And that's going to, we're going to get to a few guys that we never would have thought would be extension eligible. Like, wait, it's that time again already? Possibly.
1: I, I start, yeah yeah there were a couple yeah. I couldn't believe because I was like did, did we just like when I saw Terrence Mann on this miss list I'm like wait, wait didn't he extend like last week like his like, extension really? hasn't even kicked in yet <laughs>
3: <laughs> and <then> he's <laughs> eligible for another extension <laughs> No, not yeah not quite yet but it will be very shortly once the new one yeah. kicks in so let's start with Brandon Ingram and as the Pelicans they could offer him a three-year extension starting at $45 million. It would be just under $150 million, be eligible for that on July 14th. Would you make that offer if you were them?
1: I would be tempted to offer that. I I really would. I I think he's young enough. I thought thought he was pretty damn good in the second half of last season. Uh, There are... Maybe some shortcomings with him as a leading man right now, but realistically, he's a good player. He has trade value with that number, with the cap going up and whatnot. I would I would feel okay about having Brandon Ingram locked up for five seasons. I feel like I'm getting the best five seasons of his, of his career, or have a very good chance of it anyway. Uh, in a in a market where you know you're just not you're not like LA where you're like a tractor beam for stars or whatever like. I I would go ahead and, and make that offer. I think Ingram actually probably turns it down and waits till the following off season, but I would go ahead and make that offer.
3: Yeah, and there's always a chance that someone in his position could make an all NBA team and trigger that super max, which is what guys are, are really hoping for. I think that's relatively unlikely given his health concerns over the years and just the fact that he's probably not going to be on a good enough team although hey if Zion's healthy all year maybe they will be this team that like gets all this shine in the media and he could make all nba also I, like all nba is going to be a lot more variable now with this games played things where i think you're going to see guys who aren't necessarily quite as good making all nba and so like,
1: like jalen brown
3: <laughs> oh we'll get there john Sorry. We'll get there, don't worry. You, <laughs> you you could have picked the Celtics as your most interesting team, you. You're just going to have to hold off. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I would make that offer too just am uh, um. Part of this as well is that I think the trend has been even if a guy has a bunch of money in what you like to call the out years, as long as he's still playing well and is a value at that current time, you can trade him for something like teams need good players, even if they're a little overpaid. There are plenty of teams that don't have a massive uh, salary commitment. You know, if you're a team like Houston or Orlando or something like you would absolutely trade for Brandon Ingram. Uh, even if uh, his salary goes up a little bit. So I'd make that offer already. Yeah. And if I were Ingram, I might think about actually accepting that just due to some of the injury issues, but I, I agree with you probably won't.
1: That's true. I have, I'm have. i looking at my numbers here. So I have a $38 million valuation on Ingram for the coming season, and it's his age 26 season. So I think it's reasonable to think his value will actually go up in terms of uh, cap and contract because... The salary cap is going to be interest, increased so much by 2025.
3: Okay, you mentioned some of these other guys on the pals, and by the way, just to be clear, too, we're not talking about rookie scale extensions. That's a, a different discussion. Guys who were first round draft picks who are coming out that this is for which sucks because I I re- yeah.
1: I was really hoping to spend about 20 minutes on Kyra Lew- Lewis Jr. I
3: think it's Kyra Lewis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he he doesn't play enough for anyone to know
3: uh so yeah who's who do you think is the would be your next priority these guys as i mentioned their extensions jose alvarado naji marshall herb jones can start at 16.3 million, uh, 140% of what we estimate, we estimate the estimated average player salary will be, <laughs> and that would get you, that used to be a four-year deal for 58 million, now with it being 140% instead of 120%, uh, a four-year deal, 73 million is what these guys who are making below that estimated average player salary coming off a minimum like Jones or, or Marshall would be making.
1: And that that's really going to open that up to a lot more players, I think, than we've seen in the past uh one player it opens it up to for instance uh is herb jones I think he's the next priority, especially like Alvarado has another year to run on his deal, actually. Like he's eligible now, but his contract runs through 25. So I'd, I'd say there's no hurry for neurons on that one, especially. So I would say Herb Jones becomes a priority. He's eligible for that $73 million deal over four years. Again, that's an estimate on our part. Uh, I think he is worth that amount and probably more. Uh and again, age twenty five season. So he came in the league a little older than some of these other guys, but I, I think he's worth that money. I think he's tradable at that money. I would definitely make that offer if I was New Orleans.
3: If you look at the history though, pure defensive specialists who can't shoot, which he kinda he kinda was a can't shoot guy last year. Like he showed some promises rookie year. He regressed last year. When yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was
1: a can't shoot guy at Alabama too. So yeah. I think I think that one is going to win out unless there's another Fred Vincent miracle coming in New Orleans, which Yeah, I mean, he may get out. to be
3: passable. He may get to be passable, but uh, and it- and But like you saw in the Minnesota games, the two Minnesota games uh, and the the OKC game that he really just wasn't getting guarded at all. And that kind of became a problem for them. And the other problem that you're just like, yeah, we have no idea what our starting front court looks like. And this idea of Jones being the two Ingram Zion, the center all together, like they, they don't really have an understanding of what that looks like. I agree. He's a good so, player. I think you want to retain him. Yeah.
1: Z- you raise a good point though, because Zion complicates things. Because I think that's why he was actually better the year before in some ways. Because when when Zion was out, it was easy for him just to have Herb Jones as your four and you have him as your non-shooter. But when it, when Zion's out there as a non-shooter and you're trying to start Valen Shunas and Herb Jones next to him, like it's it, it doesn't work. You got you have to do something different and. Zion has to be the priority still for this organization, right? I mean, you have you have to act like you're going to get something out of Zion on this max deal. Because if he doesn't play, it doesn't matter what the hell else you do, right? You're, you're just not going to be good
3: Oh, enough. totally. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, and but the other problem is ingram can't defend the opposing team's best wing so you'd also have to have someone who's that good defending on the perimeter and you know maybe that could become dyson daniels as like a jones replacement i agree you try to extend him. the other thing they could try to do is they have a team option on him they could decline that team option and kind of do like what the rockets did with jay sean tate but i don't think i think they need to just exercise the team option because their salary structure for this year won't support it like they just too close to the tax. They don't really. Yes, yeah, they make exactly. A move. Even to bump them up
1: yeah. to ten would just be. It, it would make their life so hard with everything else.
3: Yeah, and so then you get an idea. I mean, it, there is a possibility that it could just totally explode. I mean, I, in terms of making that offer, yeah, I think I probably now at least he'll be restricted, right? Like they're not worried about like a Jalen Brunson situation where he just exactly.
1: Win, you know, they have control over the situation after the year, which is the 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 other thing I was going to bring up. So. You could, you could say, hey, we can make you this offer, but we can't offer you the whole, we can't offer you the whole bag yet. We need to see how this works out. You know, will will you take, will you take
3: 50 over four? I I think that's. I don't know if I would go the full amount right now. It, when you just look at the marketplace, I mean, yeah, cap cap is going up. We'll consider that. And he is like a wonderful defensive player. But you also have to consider that, like guys who are just pure defenders, and you know, he can dribble, he can cut a little bit. But he's not, he's not quite like a Matisse Thiebault type of guy. But he's maybe the next level up from there. Those guys don't get paid in the high team Even again, noting that the uh, there's inflation all around here. But like that would be over market for what he's been so far and Of course, guys improve, you know, maybe you're paying for that. They also can just wait during the year, right? If he starts to blow up, like, all right, then maybe you make that offer or maybe he's like, nah, I'm going to get more than that. I just, I struggle, John, to see him getting more than that in restrict restricted free agency because of the fit issues. There just aren't going to be that many teams that like really want him that badly. He's going to end
1: up being looked at like Bruce Brown and get like mid-levels and and whatnot. Bruce Brown is going to get paid this offseason, obviously, but the last two, the market just weirdly ignored him. he kind of falls in the same boat
3: so yeah i guess i would i would ultimately go somewhere in the 12 million or so range like around the mid-level I, again with the idea being that he's not the kind of guy that the cap space team is necessarily going to target either um so did i convince you on that that you you'd go a little lower rather than just offering that full? i think
1: i think you convinced me just from a from a roster management perspective, I, I think I was really focused on just the valuation of his deal. But in yeah. terms of the larger, like, what are you doing in New Orleans and the fit questions there, I I think you might be better off writing this. Even if you end up having to pay him more later, you at least know what you're getting a little more and know more. More answers to your questions so you feel better about it, maybe.
3: Yeah, and then Marshall, I don't know if we have to spend as much time on him. I would kind of be offering him in the uh, that kind of John Conchar, Dean Wade sort of totally. range, six, totally. seven million. Totally. You know, fifth wing, but who can step in totally credibly?
1: Yeah, I have a seven million dollar valuation on Marshall, so yeah, there that, go. That's probably that's probably about right. And then Val, Valanchunas, I think they probably have to write out the expiring on him. There's just, yeah, there's just too I many would, questions I, there.
3: Well, yeah, and you just got to see what it looks like with him and Zion for a full season. He are even when Zion was out, he was like not really one of their main guys as they made their run at the end. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's also really their only tradable south. At this point in time, other than Larry Nance, like they're—I mean, assuming they're not going to move McCollum, Ingram, or Zion, you got to hold on him. You couldn't do anything. You don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize uh, his potential trade value. Um, yeah. How about Alvarado?
1: I would probably hold off just because I have him for for another year, and kind of kind of want to see how that plays out too. Like, is is he going to develop offensively? Is he just going to be a, a specialist backup? So, I I, w- I wouldn't be in a rush on him.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar.
3: Uh, it is my time now to pick. Okay. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors. Oh, yeah. Pascal Siakam <laughs> finishing up a, a four-year deal, making $37 million in the last year of that. You could extend out for what would be the projected max uh, to start four years, $186 million. While we have it here, by the way, just to get clarity on like what the absolute maximum extensions are for some of these guys, a four-year extension at the thirty percent max, which is what a Siakam would be. That's four years, hundred and eighty-seven or so million. And then, if you're going to get the full, we'll call it the Jalen Brown, huh, since you he, since he brought him up. <laughs> but the, the guys who are eligible for that designated player veteran extension, which I believe is only Brown this off-season, that would be a five-year deal, two hundred eighty-two million. Because uh, that starts with 35% of the cap. It, that's the full. Now, you don't have to pay him, but it's the full. Yeah. So let's get to Siakam here.
1: Okay. Uh, first question in Toronto, are you guys coming or going?
3: Like, like, what's the deal here? <laughs> right? Yeah, we may find out more on that uh, with Fred Van Vliet and his free agency, which uh, yeah doesn't seem like they ha- Anyone has a great read on right now. Uh Gary Trent Jr. seems like he might be out of here. Uh, but he does have a player option. He could just exercise that and then he would be extension eligible. And of course, they got OG Ananobi as well out of that group. I mean, there's also even a possibility that Fred Van Vliet could like opt in and trade, opt in and extend as well. Although that seems unlikely. He's only making 22 million next year. Uh so like who is who do you think is like the most Well, I don't know. You you said they got to decide whether they're coming or going. So how how do you see that with them? We've been focused on this for like a year now.
1: I think they have tipped their hand toward coming. In other words, they're still trying to win with this group. Uh, The Pirtle trade, to me, was a tell. Sure. That, okay, you gave up the pick, so you're probably committed to now trying to win with re-signing Pirtle. You have Jakob Pirtle, Scotty Barnes, and whatever fits best around around those guys. And I think they're going to be willing to spend into the tax. And it, and I would say they would probably, given history and whatnot, I think they'd be okay going like $10 million into the tax if they feel like they're good.
3: Yeah, but there's not really much evidence that they would be unless they make a major move. I, I mean, do they feel like they're going to get like such an upgrade at coach that that's going to change things? Like, I don't – I mean, Fred – Maybe you could play a little bit better in the first year if they retain him. And because that's you're sort of in this weird place where these guys have value. That's why I was critical of them for not figuring things out with Van Vliet at the deadline. Like, because they're not that good. I think the Pirtle deal was, all right, let's see if we can find our footing again as a franchise. Like, get back to playing Raptors basketball. And instead, you got Masai Jiri saying, like, essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, but we were kind of like less than the sum of our parts. So maybe he does feel like changing the coach would would make things better. But with Siakam, who's 29, Van Vliet's 29 right now, OG, he's in a different spot. We'll talk about him in a second. Maybe not at a point where he would even take an offer yes but uh with those two guys it's either you retain them and like lock into a mediocre team on guys who may not have trade value on those extensions if it's like what their actual market value is right like if you're gonna overpay someone like van Vliet or siakam you do that because okay we have a chance in these first couple of years and then we're willing to just kind of pay the piper on the end but toronto isn't good enough to be in that position
1: yeah i i the Siakam extension question really looms large here because if you go four years on him, you know you're probably getting a raw deal on the back end of that, where he's yeah. making 52 million in 2027, 28 at like age 34 or whatever. So it's it's probably fair in the first year or two, maybe. But even maybe right. Yeah, but like even then, like. The thing you're hoping to lean into is that this becomes Scotty Barnes' team, right? Like your your upside scenario here in Toronto is that Scotty Barnes becomes an all-star and maybe you hit on the 13th pick and then do one other thing and all of a sudden, bam, you got a nice team.
3: Yeah. Nice team. Like, is that really what, what you want? Is that, is that what like the goal is in trying? I mean, it's interesting. I thought at one point that uh, Ujiri was the type of, of executive who's just, you know, kind of Sam Presti style, like, all right, if we're, if we're not a true contender, like, what are we doing here? Let's rebuild. Uh, But that kind of hasn't been the case. He's sort of more gone to the like, no, we're going to compete every year. And just the Tampa thing was an aberration.
1: Yes. And like, like I said, I mean, they've already traded their 2024 first. It's top six protected, but like you you don't make a deal like that unless you're planning on winning the coming year. But man, it's got... The, now, the, the argument for is not just coaching, is that you would say the bench could not possibly be any worse and bench is an easy thing to improve if you have your wits about you and maybe a little bit of flexibility. Could you go into this year and not extend Siakam? and say, let's see what this is, and maybe blow things up at the trade deadline if it's not going your way.
3: Maybe Uh, your other option would be extend Siakam right at the start of free agency, hopefully for a little bit less than like the absolute max, and then he would still be trade eligible at the deadline if needed after the six months. Um, I mean, I guess I wonder too, like if you get to free agency, would there be like that much of a market for Pascal Siakam? I never sensed, even as he's making like all NBA teams and averaging twenty five a game, that there was just this massive appetite for teams to want to trade for him
1: who is who is the other team who's going to offer him 40 million dollars a year in free agency right to be their yeah. new centerpiece
3: yeah I mean Spurs with Wemba Wim- or something like that like uh, there's but I am just I also am skeptical of how he's going to age he's not a great shooter kind of relies on his athleticism uh, a little bit of a tough fit again not being a great shooter needing the ball a, a lot uh, so I, yeah I don't know what they do there I mean so ultimately I think I would make him some kind of an offer, but it wouldn't be the max. It might not be for four guarantees. I
1: was going to say, I think the years more than the money are what scare me.
3: Yeah. So maybe it's more kind of $40 million a year for three years. It's like, you know, partial, partial on the third the year
1: even. Like, I don't know. He probably turns that down, but like that's probably yeah. as far as I go if I'm Toronto.
3: No, I I think that's right. And uh, I think you're one of the other things that I've kind of started to come around to also is, and particularly this is the case now with fewer good teams having cap space. Like we were kind of got deceived maybe a little bit in the, you know, that 2016 era when guys also couldn't extend. So there are a ton of free agents and there was a ton of money in those years that it's kind of not the end of the world. If a guy becomes a free agent, if it's actually working out well, like you can, I mean, you might end up having to pay him more. But it's kind of like, hey, if this is going well, the guy's playing really well. This is a good situation. Like if the guy's good, if the team's good, usually everyone's happy enough to where you just make an offer and the guy will accept it because there's nothing necessarily better out there for him. And sometimes it's like, well, if you may wish that you traded him instead of losing him for nothing earlier. But usually if you want to retain guys in this day and age, unless they're just like an absolute like, you know, top 10 player in the league, you could probably do it. Yeah. Uh, and then Ananobi, his max now did go up. It's four years, 117 million. That probably is a little bit too low for him. Still, there's also rumblings that he like wants to be somewhere where he can have a bigger offensive role. And I'm kind of like, well, you like they needed offense the last few years. Like you didn't seem to be able to provide that. But yeah. so starting at 26 million, and I you I there's. You make that offer to him, right?
1: uh, I would go ahead and make that offer. Given the demand that's out there for him right now, I think he's still tradable on that deal. Uh, This assumes he he would have to decline his 2024 player option, which I think is – I mean, you could almost etch that in stone at this point. If he's not injured, he's declining that. That's
3: like 18 or something, 19.
1: It's 19.9. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's gonna turn turn that down though and and go into unrestricted free agency in twenty four. So yeah. it's it's another pivot point for this organization
3: yeah he does have an injury history that would be kind of about what andrew wiggins is making though andrew wiggins maybe took a little bit less than market value mikhail bridges has improved a lot of <laughs> first of it but he's kind of the other guy that's in that group I mean, there is i like i don't think you're gonna get the max as a a three and d type of guy like him i don't think he has that much offensive upside yeah. left to explore
1: i think he's maybe a little uh overvalued in the league
3: right now actually. Well, this I I think it makes sense to trade all these picks for him when you just desperately need a player like that and you feel like you're about to contend, but then are the teams that are going to have cap space going to be the ones who are going to uh like value him at that level, like he's more of a hey, we're ready to win the championship right now. Let's get this guy. sort of player uh so just just for reference by the way four years 115 million the most he could get uh, as a free agent is here so that's not quite uh his max extension his his
1: extension is once 116.9 over four
3: years okay so the most he could get over four years from another team as a free agent would be four years 159 so and it started 37 million so it's basically he's starting off at 10 million less than the max each year that's not like i might actually consider taking that if i were him i don't think he will that's not really like the clutch way a lot of times either like he could be a guy who really could set the market but like is he like i, I think for him at you know, you're talking like three quarters of the max close to that it's like it's not too far off yeah
1: i think that's about what he's worth right now
3: it's not too far off and they're I think the fact that these all these guys are willing to give up all these pictures, and that's kind of more because he's the missing piece and he has a rare skill set, but it's also you just – if you're going to be paying him the max, how far can your team go if you're paying him, like, your second best player? Like, you, you overpay for him because he's on a decent enough he's, contract that he can be yeah. just an elite third or fourth piece. But if you pay yeah. him, like a, like, a second piece, your team's not going to be good enough. Yeah, so, like
1: – at the last trade deadline, where you get two playoff runs with him on a deal where he's making seventeen and then eighteen million, I think that made much more sense to offer that kind of draft capital.
3: Okay, wow, Raptors. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's so. I, I think like to me, it's close enough that I would just take that deal. if I, were, I certainly offer it as the Raptors, and then it, you you go from there.
1: What would you do with uh,
3: Gary Trent? You're assuming he opts in.
1: Uh, that yeah, that would be if he opted in, which I guess he doesn't. He seems more likely to opt out, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't see the his option where he's going to get paid above the mid level. Like, who's using cap space on him?
1: Oh, I think there are these teams that have sugar plum visions of what they're going to do their cap space, and then when they end up on like Plan F, they'll turn to Gary Trent.
3: Yeah, maybe I guess so, but it's still you don't see him getting four years necessarily, right? I mean, he's like I I don't see him making much more than he's making.
1: No, I think he'll get roughly in the range of what he's getting, but I think teams will be okay giving him years because he's still so young.
3: Yeah, maybe that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's like kind of a lower end starting shooting guard to me. Doesn't shoot it like quite well enough to be elite there. You wish he defended better is uh, uh, and you know not I don't know if he like defends well enough to really be like a great playoff guy. You can switch much. I, I'm definitely not a big fan of like paying pure shooting guards a lot of money. I think those have been some of the worst contracts over the last the last couple of years.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be President of Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Okay, your, your pick here. Who's next?
1: Oh, here's an interesting team we should talk about. Well, actually, it's not that interesting. Never mind. <laughs>
3: Well, you got to tell me. I who take you were it back. It was I take
1: it back. I was looking at Sacramento on the oh, yeah. Sabonis and Fox, but well, I, l- I... let's
3: let's hit on it quickly. Let's hit on it quickly. Okay, here. we don't have to go so deep on them. So Sabonis now making twenty two million in the last year of his deal, eligible to sign a four year deal, one hundred thirty eight million. He did make All NBA this year, but that's irrelevant because he got traded on his second contract. But for an All NBA player to take less than the full max, that makes you. A little squeamish, but I thought he got, I won't say exposed because I kind of felt this about him already. But in the playoffs, you saw that he has some limitations. Even in the trade market, there weren't. It's, he's still a tough guy to fit around, even if he can really help your offense. And he he also kind of needs some of these shooters and drivers around him to really be that effective. Yeah. Like, he'll boost your offense, but he won't necessarily be the offense is how I would describe it. I mean, do you think it's just obvious that he gets more than what they can offer in the extension?
1: I don't know who's paying him, other than Sacramento. If he hit the market in twenty four, like is there a team that's going to be coming in guns blazing? Yes, twenty eight year old Sabonis is what we need to take us to the next level. I, I, I am not. It's possible. It's possible that team is out there. I mean, Sabonis regular season Sabonis, like he deserved to make that All NBA team, right? Like he he was a valuable player this year. Uh, really durable, uh, can, can really get you a lot of advantages, especially against second murder, second units, right. Um, yeah. really fits it with that team and the concepts they want to play with the DHOs and stuff. It's tough finding high skill bigs who can do that stuff. Just, uh, de- defensively, he's a weak link and offensively, some of his, st- when, if he plays against a robust defender, it, it really, It really drags him down. Like obviously, playing against a good defender is harder. Your numbers are going to go down. But I think it drags him down more than the average. Let's say.
3: Yeah, because he doesn't have a, a good enough jump shot to really make you pay there. Doesn't want to take it. And yeah, if he can't just kind of bludgeon his way to the basket and score every once in a while, now he's just like standing there waiting for guys to hand off to and that's and go get an offensive rebound against some of the best teams. Yeah, I mean this is again like this is. Seven million a year less than the max, and it's oh, seven million less than the max, but like the max is 37 now, right? You're you're it's still like 80% of the max, basically. Like that's and particularly because like last year was kind of a dream season in Sacramento. Like he, I don't think he's necessarily going to get hurt, but I mean, I'm not going to pencil them in for the three seed every year either. And like you said, I think you're kind of. Like, there isn't that much demand for centers among maybe caps based teams. And so, you're, if you don't accept this as Sabonis, you're basically assuming, well, I'll just get more from Sacramento in free agency than this,
1: which is possible if he has another great year. But yeah, that I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if he, if he, if he adds, if he adds to his shooting in the offseason, then he, he has a case to, to be that max guy. But You know, can he do that at this point in his career? I think that's an open question. If I'm Sacramento, I make this offer,
3: I think. And for him, you know, all right, you get the 15% trade bonus. You get the player option. You know, you probably got to throw in all that shit. Yeah. I I mean, again, I'm more conservative in the player's situation here. Like, I, I would rather have a guaranteed... 80, 85% of what I think I'm worth now than go through a year of uncertainty with both the team and uh, myself, particularly if I just had a career year. Yeah, 100%. So I, I so would say this take could, it this could
1: make sense. This could be something that happens, actually. Okay.
3: I, I mean, I. I th- it's kind of just because already right, made third team all NBA, like that's just okay. I have to get the max. Like, I think there's a thinking there that, uh, you just wait. It's like, it, but again, it's not like that big of a difference. He also might want to just get the five years. I mean, that's the other difference here, too, potentially. Uh, uh particularly at this age, I would want to lock in there. Like that might be it where maybe it's not quite the max, but you do get five years. So I would suggest that he's probably not going to take it. I would take it though, if I mm-hmm. were him, just because I would rather have that certain. Right. And then Fox, interestingly, it doesn't seem like something he would necessarily take, but hey, it's been, he's eligible on July 8th to sign a two-year extension for $97 million, but he still has three years left on his deal right now. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, make that offer as Sacramento, but also Fox, like he could make All-NBA again. He made it this year, right? I believe he was third-team NBA, yeah. Yeah. He's still 26 so so he may be gunning for the uh because he didn't get a player option on his max rookie scale extension
1: he did not yeah so if you make third team all nba again this year if you're fox then you're then you're eligible for a very large three-year extension a year from now right so that that may be his uh angle.
3: no that would i don't think that would be the case it be wait a minute oh
1: is it is it oh is it too early actually he would have to make it the next two years to make it to be eligible for the next year is it that i think you're right i think you're right
3: yeah because you, you can't sign that until you have two years left on your deal uh the designated player veteran extension so this is where kids never sign the full five-year deal <laughs> in uh unless you get a player option but fox at that point wasn't like so high high profile that that was obvious so yeah because it mitchell and tatum got a player option out of that draft fox uh, did not so i i mean i don't think he would take that uh i mean it would be i think he might even be limited he might not not be able to get that much either because i think he let me see what would the be that year yeah we don't even go out that far okay so yeah that's i mean that's still three seasons from now so yeah that would probably be about right that, that he would be close to the 30 max on that extension for those two years um i don't think i would go there though i think you, for fox at age 28 just to get to the end and get like another four or five years there i would rather do that rather because that would time you out to be you know reaching free agency again at like 31 or something Yeah. Yeah. Although you could always do like the Dame, right, where it's just like, oh, hey, it's time to extend again. Like, yeah, a couple (laughs) years on there, four years from Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, if if the Kings make him GM, he can do that.
3: Okay, sack is done. I, I was like, oh yeah, we don't have to talk about them that much. And then we did. But Sabonis was more interesting than we thought. Uh, but uh, So I'll, I'll let you get to your real pick.
1: I mean, we have to talk about the Celtics, right?
3: Yeah, I had a pretty extensive discussion with Danny about this yesterday uh, when we talked about their offseason. So Brown, eligible for that Supermax, five years, 282. What's your thinking there? That would kick in after next year. Just
1: because somebody is eligible for a Supermax doesn't require you to pay it to them. Yeah. Uh, explain how (laughs) that hasn't been how that hasn't been how teams have operated even in situations where you think they should have operated that way like Rudy Gobert's extension I thought was a perfect example a couple years ago uh Jalen Brown for the coming season I actually have a valuation on him at 48 million so like we're sort of in the range for him at least in the short term but when you he's Entering his age 27 season, when you get out to like 28, 29, and you're paying the, what, 32-year-old version of this player, $64 million, like that... (sighs) That's not gonna work, I don't think. He's he's shown he's shown in the postseason, I think, what he is. Like I don't really know why he made second team all NBA. I, I think he's a he's a really good two-way wing, and those players are really valuable, but like he is not one of the ten best players in the league. And I don't even know if he's one of the twenty best players.
3: No, he's and, not. He's probably like 30th or something like that.
1: Yeah. So what is what is that level of player really worth? I mean, he has other things in his favor, right? Like he's he position scarcity, he's durable, you know, all that. And he averages
3: like in the high 20s points per game. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, you know, so long as so long as he doesn't have to, you know, make too many passing reads or whatever or dribble with his left hand, he's really effective.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not a number one guy. That
1: yeah, that's at least on an elite team, right? Yeah, could he? You know, could he go to Detroit or something? Be the number one guy? Sure, but I, I would really hesitate to go five years, two eighty-two on him. I, I actually, I get squeamish on the years more than the money per year with him. Like that, I'm having to go out five on him. That scares me. That, this, to me, might be one where you give him half of the difference between the this max and the regular max that another team can offer him, and you do that fifth year as a partial.
3: Yeah, which you can do. You could start as low as 30%. You can go 30%, I believe, and decline it if you want to. It just has to start between 30 and 35% and just has to be for five years. Nothing said about raises, nothing said about guarantees. And I mean, you maybe even can also make the argument to him of like, oh, this second apron, it's so restrictive. You know, help us out here a little bit. We're still giving you the five years. Uh, you know, may- maybe he'll be a little bit... Uh,
1: you could make that argument to him. We'll give you five years at the 30% and you'll get more security that way and it still helps us navigate these this these looming tax issues we have
3: i think though and they are a contender right now with this team like they didn't win that series against miami but they certainly were right there uh, maybe they do if tatum doesn't get hurt although i suspect miami would have won that game anyway but n- nonetheless like they're gonna be a contender every year yes to me you do what's necessary to keep that team together and you figure it out later i still think there would be a trade demand for him even if he is quote unquote overpaid just because there are teams that want want to get better and want good players that don't have much else uh, on the books. Uh, and maybe he takes enough of a step back that it becomes ugly by the very end. But uh or maybe you have to make a move because it's clear you're not a contender at that point. I would try all the shenanigans you're talking about here to get him to take less. But if it really came down to it, I would just bite the bullet and pay him. Now, the other thing that's interesting is he can't be traded for a year once he signs one of these things.
1: Well, that's that's good because I haven't seen anyone talk about trading him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think all the people, uh, you know, obviously the reaction right after a game like that is trade this guy for a bag of marbles or whatever, or you know, see if see if we can turn him into like Damian Lillard, like Damian Lillard can save us, which I. Not sure that's really the answer. and His contract creates other problems. Uh, I, I I think you run it back if if you're Boston. You get Missoula more help on the bench. You maybe try to get one more big or quasi-big. Because uh, I, I don't know. You, like you're, Wait, you, you, may think, end up you think losing. they need another big? I think they what? need... When what,
3: what, what have you ever said that before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said
1: it the whole season, right? Um, I, I think they're probably going to lose Grant Williams, too. So why are they going
3: to lose Grant Williams? I don't understand that. Like this year's tax. The only thing that it's basically him or the mini mid level, like you could get him on a good contract. Uh, I mean, all right, if someone's going to go 20 million a year for him, yeah, I would, I wouldn't match that, but like they need him like Al Horford's 37. Like who else is going to play that position? Gallo on a like, and they're, they're actually, if even if they sign Grant Williams for 15 million a year, they're $10 million less into the tax than they were last year because Al Horford's salary goes down so much and everyone else is pretty much making the same except with some races so I, it doesn't i mean if they're willing to pay the tax last year they put there they 25 million in they could just be 60 million in, especially if you just dump gallo or you take off mike muscala's you find a way to, to dump mike muscala later in the season or something like you're like totally affordable like i think it would be criminal to just lose grant williams for nothing sorry this is outside the scope of this yeah. podcast but i was looking no i know. yeah and I had yeah, forgotten I, I, that I, Horford goes down from 27 going million
1: to 10. Al Horford going down to 10 is a big deal. Uh, Muscala has a team option. They can decline. Gallo makes six. They can maybe trade. Uh, Peyton Pritchard makes four and never plays and probably has a little bit of a trade market. Uh, like, you might be able to do something where you trade Pritchard and Gallo, and it's like, okay, you're getting... Gallow on one leg, but you're also getting Pritchard.
3: And yeah, maybe no, they that can possible. do something that way. Uh, anyway, so I, I would, I would ultimately, if I had to, just bite the bullet on Jalen Brown, keep the, keep the team together, and hope that it, his trade value goes up for more than uh, than it would be just on the last year of his deal. Anyway, um, let's see. Do they? Oh, and then actually, this is kind of hilarious. He's not gonna, he wouldn't sign it, but Jason Tatum is technically eligible. But the thing is, he'll be eligible because he made All NBA two years in a row. He'll be eligible next offseason to sign the supermax that would kick in the season after that and even if he doesn't play a second this year he'll be eligible for that and he'll get that offer so yeah um and they actually they could uh derek white is extension eligible for them too brogdon i don't think they would go there but white would be eligible for three years 85 million but he still has two years left i think they would probably just hold off on that i
1: think you have to say if, you, if you're Boston, you probably hold off because right now the way you're built, you're, you're, you're Tatum and Brown and then you need to see how everything else goes a little bit before you start committing out money to a bunch of guys you don't necessarily have to
3: yeah and white he turns 29 on july 2nd so that's you kind of you don't want to go unless he was willing to like take a declining deal or something like that that probably wouldn't really make much sense and, and same thing with brogdon,
1: brogdon they, who, they, who they just extended <laughs> for 22 and a half for two years
3: no i thought that was indiana did that and then they traded
1: oh wait you're right
3: okay but he has just been extended yeah i mean that is kind of hilarious that he's old again which was which was your point yeah but he's he's got two years left at uh 22.5 so that is and he's similar age to white so no no reason to do that right now okay let me pick one more team here oh yeah this is the one john okay this one might even be the most interesting
0: welding instructor alex DeClair knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact
3: The L.A. Clippers.
2: Oh,
1: let's see what we got here. Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they got some stuff going on because they are at a potential tipping point. I mean, the luxury tax of the new CBA is coming after them. And they are one year out from potential free agency for both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who are both getting into their 30s. And Leonard especially is almost a part-time player at this point. I mean, I mean, Kawhi's entering his age 32 season this year. They did all this stuff, load managed him the whole season. He tapped out after two playoff games. He's still awesome, though. Um, <laughs> so it's a real... It's a real conundrum.
3: Well, and and they are going into the new arena for the 24-25. The Intuit oh. Dome. The wall. The wall. So the wall. intimidating. The wall. So, yeah, Kawhi would, will be 33 next offseason, and Paul George will be 34. They both have player options. I mean, they, they could sign some huge extensions, uh, and I think George would be impacted by the over 38 rule. Uh, now, Kawhi, yeah, let me see it get in front of me here. Uh, yeah, it looks like both of them, it would actually make sense, I think, to exercise the player yeah. option for next year. Yeah, they would because-
1: exercise the player option for 48 and then tack on years to the end
3: yeah because their player option for next year is actually more than the max which would be 47 so and then they tack three years on at the end so but they would have to do that before the start of the season uh if they're going to go that route because there would still be two seasons left on the deal if they once the season starts then they'd have to decline that player option they would actually cost themselves a little bit of money at that point in time uh i mean the other nice thing too is we're probably going to get a reasonably healthy cap increase for 25 although it's limited to 10 percent, but it should be some so you kind of want it the new deal to kick in then rather than 24 where i don't think we're going to get that big of a cap increase so that's interesting yeah this kind of if i'm the clippers i'm like hey you know let's go to the see let's see how this plays out like would you be willing to take less than the absolute max and i'm pg and go i'm like uh no how about you just you've been over backwards for us this whole time like do it again but i mean to get an extension that goes for you know getting these guys both into the second half of their 30s making the 35% max yeah i just i just don't know how you can do that but i don't know how you can't do that
1: (laughs) (laughs) right right and and you know you still owe these picks you still owe these picks to okay there's no rebuild option that's the other problem
3: yeah i mean to me if i'm the clipper's I'm like, you know, I know you want this deal before the season. That gives you the most money. So I might offer you that, but we're going to offer you that for two years. And then we'll actually do a team option on the end. So, you know, if you want to, like, finish your career or whatever, we can decline that team option and you can you know, resign at a lower number or something like that. That'll give us some some flexibility. I'm not offering three extra years in this yeah. offseason or we go into the season and hey, you know what? Like if we're at the trade deadline and Kawhi and PG look awesome, they're staying healthy. We got our supporting cast around them. Maybe we make another trade to try to bolster things or we'll do that even beforehand. Uh So I think that would be my approach is like, hey, we'll give you two years plus a team option on top of that player option. That still is a Eventually two two new years at the thirty five percent max. Yeah, and then I think yeah,
1: I think that's the offer. I don't know if they take that offer or not. Yeah, they they might just because they chose L A. and they've both made a ton of money already. So securing their futures in L A. might have enough value for them to do that.
3: Yeah. Now, I mean, the other thing you might want to do. Uh, so here is the thing too with the Clippers is just. If you lock these guys up for longer, do like, is that better than just possibly like having the flexibility of them just walking in 24? Like if you didn't, to me, if you didn't have this whole going into the new stadium thing, like, cause this is one of those ones where it's like, Hey, if it's going well, it'll work out. Right. Like everyone will want, we'll want you guys back. You want to be here. We can pay you the most yeah. money. And if it's not going well, then it's fine. You know, you can leave, but number one, you're like, all right, well, could we have gotten some of these for these guys in trade? And number two, the wall, the wall, John, the wall, the wall. so oh, disappointed well. if they're not <laughs> there. Yeah.
1: It's, it's unfortunate because the, I think the thing you really want to do here is sign them through twenty six. Because that's the last year you'll pick to OKC, and then they yeah. get you through your first two years in the in the new arena. But there's just no incentive for them to sign a one year extension right now.
3: Yeah, probably not. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's just because it, you could. I mean, I think the most likely outcome, honestly, is just they go through this year. Someone's injured, or I mean, even if they're healthy, they're probably not good enough. Especially because they match up so poorly against Denver specifically, and you, that team's Man. not going anywhere
1: denver owns them it's, it's since the bubble it's been unbelievable
3: and i mean maybe they could make some moves to, at center to try to fix that a little bit but yeah you're so i, I mean to me the most likely outcome is like things kind of go poorly and you're just like but then those guys might leave and you could have traded them for something but that's just not in their dna like there's no circumstance i think under which they're they would just trade these guys so my thought would be probably just play it out to free agency it, it and let's just see where we're at because uh, because i guess the other thing though john is if you're rebuilding it's like it kind of doesn't matter that you have these albatross contracts at that point it's like we're rebuilding like we're gonna suck regardless so it's not like oh we're gonna do something so awesome with our cap space in like 26 i mean i guess it's la maybe they would but the, the, there just don't really seem to be those cap space maneuvers available so i i don't know ultimately what's your what would your strategy be then
1: I think I think I would probably the two with the team option I might be okay offering that. Yeah, I, I I can't the full three. I just you can't you can't do that at this point with their ages and their lack of availability over the last few years.
3: Yeah, I'm I think playing
1: team. it out, just playing out the year though, has to be on the table for the Clippers.
3: Yeah. But but it's so interesting, this idea that like I certainly would want more information if I'm them. But this idea that they can get the most money before the season because that option is more than what they would get if they decline the option. And you can only if you have two years left, you have to do it before the season. That's that's kind of interesting. That could be an interesting inflection point. And you also have these, and I guess the other thing too is of why it's, you can't pay them so much is just because of the rules or the new rules of being in the second apron, like even for the Clippers, you would think that that's not really going to be tenable for more than maybe a year or two, they could do it, but you can't just live there anymore. And that's what you're looking at if you continue out this far with these guys. Yeah. Uh, We got like uh, five, 10 minutes left here. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Monty Williams contract in Detroit.
1: Oh my goodness. Wow, um, I'll give the Pistons credit because Monty was Monty was their number one guy from the get go. Um, this has been reported since then, but I'd be, you know I'd been told this even going back to May. Uh, it's June first now. Going back d- deeper into May, um,
0: <laughs>
1: th- that that while the Pistons interviewed some up and comers and were considering them, that Monty was really the guy they wanted. Um, And just he was, though, skittish about going to Detroit. I mean, we ranked it last when we rated the open jobs and he's still getting paid by Phoenix. So there wasn't really a reason for him to take it until the Pistons showed up with a whole bag full of reasons for him to take it. Right. Because not only uh, this contract, obviously, just in terms of sheer money is holy shit, like this resets the whole coaching market. But also the number of years implies a certain level of uh, patience and that he's going to be able to ride this for a couple of years while they still build out the roster. Hopefully that's what they're doing and aren't like, yeah, we're going to get another Bogdanovich and we're going to make a run for the playoffs this year. Uh, and then you have to assume that he's going to have a lot of juice in that organization now in terms of what they're doing Personnel wise, and you know, hopefully they acquire some non centers.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fit of him there. I think they did a great job of hiring him. Like you, the, when you're the Detroit Pistons, you're in the situation you're in. That's kind of what you have to do to get a coach like this. I mean, it was the perfect storm because. Number one, they basically had to outbid the three years remaining on his Phoenix deal at $7 million a year, so it even would be worth yeah. it for him those first three years. And then he also wanted the security of new money going out, so he's getting $6 So He's basically getting $13 million a year over six years, and particularly six years guaranteed. Usually, these coaching contracts have team options on the end, and this one does for years seven and eight. Yeah. on track <laughs> but for him i i would be would have been very focused on that security i think the last guy who got a six-year deal was someone who had leverage and was going to a re- rebuilding team brad stevens i i tweeted that yesterday I don't, can you remember any other six-year deals that at least were in the coaching world for, for coaches that are coming to a new team
1: no uh even some of the more prominent ones in recent years were five
3: right yeah, that's usually the I have a lot of, and that's usually a, a, a five. Minus and usually one. the
1: five is what gets reported, but it's five with an asterisk. Even then, yeah. right?
3: So yeah, I mean, I think everyone's like, "Wow, Steven's like, yeah, they had to go six years to get him." So, and for Monty, I would very much want that security because. I do think that there are maybe some unrealistic expectations to take a step forward. They felt like they would even be competing for the play in last year, which of course didn't happen because of Cade, but also they were terrible even before Cade. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They just they weren't good enough. Yeah.
3: Like you can't just be playing Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran and James Wiseman and all these other young guys and not have any shooting, have Cade Mm -hmm. Cunningham in his second year as your best player and expect to go anywhere. Like that's just not realistic. Like, even if you like in theory, you have you know you brought traded for Bogdanovich or whatever like it just they don't have anywhere near enough talent or experience to be a contender right now and so I think if Tom Gore is expecting first year Monty in Phoenix I and mean, maybe they'll make a move to make that more realistic but you know they don't have Devin Booker on this team they got Cade, where he is at right now, and I, I'm still optimistic on Cade. I hope he is good, but he might not be. And then what are they going to do with the fifth pick as well is another big question. Like, I, like they don't have enough talent. Like, I don't think they're ready to, like, That's trade what, that Are, are
1: any Are any of the top 50 players in the league on the Pistons?
3: No. Not right now. Cade hopefully gets there this year. Cade might get there this year, maybe. But he hasn't shown that you're kind of just missing no. that on pedigree at this point. Exactly. Uh how do you feel about like the Rockets and Pistons situations now? You kinda you were at the combine, you kinda had a little while for this stuff to percolate. Like and how would you approach it if you were then use the pick, use it on one of the, the Thompson twins, for example, probably just gonna be there at that point, but also are like exactly what they don't need to like take a step forward this year, just another raw player who probably can't shoot well enough like that's basically what's been killing them on the floor these last few years
1: uh detroit to me it's obvious use the pick I I don't think Detroit should trade the pick. I think that would be a mistake. Uh, they they have plenty of cap room. They have other contracts. Or whatever, like just use use your pick. Get another player who's young can build these guys. You're not good enough. Uh, you know, I think you could maybe get Cam Whitmore at five, who I who I think could be a really nice long term piece. It's like a three four. It, to, to me, it's it's obvious. Houston, it's a little trickier because they owe the pick to OKC. The problem is that they – they so they want to make a move forward this year. Or they have a ton of cap room. Uh, man, they're just not good enough,
3: though. Yeah, like They, they got to get more talent in the door. Like I, I think it would be insane to not use the pick if I'm that-
1: Yeah. The the only even argument is if you could get somebody who was still – who was an established star in his mid-20s.
3: Yeah. Like if you can trade for Mikhail Bridges, all right, I'll think about it, right? But I don't think you can.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I think you just you just have to go best player available and, and and use that pick and try to get another piece. That you know, they're also at the point where they've added so many players in recent drafts that they kind of need to thin the herd a little bit if, if they want to add anybody in free agency
3: yeah i get you know i think uh they got picks Dich- four and 20 this year yeah i think they could do without you know uh daish It nicks they might be okay
1: <laughs> you think they'll survive that
3: yeah, yeah it might be all right <laughs> Yeah, they got, and they still have 12, or they have three roster spots even with their picks. That's probably enough. I think if they need to move on from like Josh Christopher, it, it would probably be okay.
1: Christopher would be one to move on from. I mean, I still Kevin think Porter's he's got some potential, but yeah, Kevin Porter is one to think about. Yeah especially if there's another left-handed bald dominant guard replacing him
3: all right well we got to get going here we got a ton more to talk about with these veteran extensions we will get to those uh, over yes. the next couple of weeks uh, the sequel what is your favorite sequel of any movie
1: oh uh i mean i'm gonna say return of the jedi more over Back. i'm gonna go strikes old back. school here i i enjoyed that more than empire strikes back
3: yeah what are you an optimist <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't you know you're only Ewoks i'm all about the ewoks
3: yeah don't you know you're only supposed to like movies that like end in a really depressing fashion you're not supposed to be inspired uh matrix reloaded no yeah, just kidding um and terminator 2 has got to be up there i would say too but yeah i mean probably the empire strikes back i guess would, would be it for me otherwise yeah I, I thought sometimes i don't think of those kinds of stories as a sequel when it's like the whole story was sort of mapped out beforehand like the se- the one that i think of as a true sequel is like wow this thing did really well at the box office. Let's make Speed 2 now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> like the ones where it's just like the first movie wasn't made with a sequel in mind and now you just have to come up with something.
1: Well, I think th- so. I think the one you have to go with there is Evil Dead 2. Where they just went full camp ridiculousness. All right, didn't even try to be a horror movie anymore. Anyway, I, we're going I never, way off the rails. I never here. watch
3: movies anymore now because I I just uh, sit in the bask in the blue light glow of my monitor as synergy. <laughs> this is the life we have chosen. This is true. <laughs> All right, we will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for being subscribers. So if you're on the monthly plan, we have a sale right now in honor of the mock off season. That's our best yearly rate that's offered. You save a bunch off the monthly rate as well. And, of course, we have so much great content coming up here as we get into prime time for us. Cap Dorks, the season. Talk to you all soon. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.
2: Every basket, every game, every point, every play.